All right, here we are. Uh, welcome to the first ever uh, Lost End podcast. Uh, I am your host, Eric. Uh, with me today, I have my friend, Joel, Hello. who I've known for many, many years. When I was thinking about you doing this, like not just because you've had some interesting experiences and you, you've lived a lot of life, but it was just still, uh, you know, that we, we keep crossing over and like there's always reasons for us to, to hang out. So here we are again. Here we are again. Not just going to watch your bands and stuff, which I did, which I did this weekend. So that was fun. And like, again, thanks uh, for coming, man. Joel's, Joel's uh, helping the world now and like feeling good. And like, I mean, you've always been one of the most positive people I know, I think. Uh, but yeah, you just like you're always out there trying to uh, spread good vibes. And I think, you, you know, you have uh, even more now. I mean, like now you're like, like the social media guy who's like, also spreading good vibes. I'd like to think that I'm in a better place than I have been in the past. But yeah, uh, positive vibes all around. PMA all day. Many reasons I have Joel here. Mostly, I mean, we we've known each other forever. Like I said, if you weren't paying attention, uh, but we've we we uh we can riff on a lot of shit. I think we have a a lot of things in common as far as like what we want to do and what kind of positivity we want to bring to the world. Which I know, like, if anybody I know listens to this, can be like, you the fuck, like, because <laughs> I yeah, I think like the, you know where this stems from is like I'm a kind of a, a self admitted nihilist. I think I have been a lot of my life where I've just been like, none of this shit means anything. Uh, but then when you get like to be f- maybe 44, let's say I'm 44 and you got two kids and, you know, when they ask me questions about things and how I view things, I don't really, I can't say that shit. And I think like that, that affected me in a way. Cause I, I don't know, you don't want to bring children in this world and be like, ah, it's fucking pointless and you die and it's black. And yeah. Like, and I, <laughs> and I think for a long time, maybe that's, that's partly what I thought, but I think it was more like, uh. People always used to say to me, and you're going to love this because you like to talk about the religion thing too, but like people always say, used to say to me, like, what do you think happens when you die? And I'm like, it's one of two things. It's something or it's nothing, but it's not anything different for anybody else. It doesn't matter if you're fucking good or bad or whatever. You just fucking, either you go somewhere or you don't. We're all on the same train. And like, it was always a religious argument about like, even like when I was in therapy a long time ago and somebody was like, oh, well, it, you know, you're born evil. And you know, like, I don't, I don't believe that. Like, it's like that nature or nurture thing. Like either you're, you're born with some sort of defect or the world fucks you into being a fucking murderer. Right. And I do those studies on like, you know, some murderers minds and you watch like those Iceman killer things on HBO mm-hmm. and they kind of go into that shit where they're like, these are the, syn- the, the syndromes you have that weren't treated. Plus your, your dad like fucking punched you and shit. So now you're, now you're a serial killer and things like that and then i don't know so like i think like those things like have always made me dark but i was also like um very anti-religion for the same reasons i think that you know you're at which we can get more into which is you know the the control and the brainwashing and it's just like where i think for some people i think it does i could see it does a lot of good and like but for the majority it's just control and all that so I think all that kind of fed into those feelings. And then like 14, 15 years ago, maybe like, uh, I I think that's when I first kicked my clonopin thing, which was like a legal addiction, but it's still addiction. Uh, but uh, later in life, like that was the thing I knew and I didn't like being on antidepressants and things that like made me feel controlled. So like I went on, wanted to be on something I could take when I needed it. But that's not true of clonopin because you get addicted super fast. Uh so I got off those, I took them, you know, for a lot of like the last five, six years, finally got off them again. And like the darkness that comes over you getting off something like that, like not sleeping for like a month or two. And like, uh, 
uh then I, that's like when that existential dread kind of kicked in like where I, I couldn't shut my brain off i couldn't sleep and then you're just laying there in bed like one day this is all fucking black and there's nothing and and then one day i'm gonna be in a hospital and be like oh it's all all gonna happen and I, you know a lot of that stuff is inevitable but like those are things that i i couldn't wash away so it was like then it was like uh i don't know like a buddy of mine called and like he was supposed to be doing this stuff with me and i think he's gonna eventually do at least one of these but he was like uh he said he said something to me like very just matter of fact and kind of dark but he's like what what's the point of any of this and i and i of course like you can't fix yourself when you i think you said you're getting good at it, like like kind of like analyzing yourself i like but most people can't and it's like when Somebody else has a problem. It's easy to fix theirs, but it's hard to fix yours. But he said something like, uh, "I can relate to that." What's the focal point of any of this? And like, I don't, I don't, I'm not shit talking, but I'll make him sound like a dumbass when I say it in that voice. Oh, what's the point? Moron. Yeah, no, but uh, <laughs> and I said something like, uh, uh, "You know, you go outside and look at the sky." It was nighttime, and at the night, I was looking at one of those apps where you can look at the the planets and the stars and shit. And it was like, "There's the moon, and there's not a planet i know okay the moon and then there's like venus and mars you can see them all at the same time and like sometimes that gives you uh peace and sometimes it doesn't because like i think like there's times where you go out there and look at infinity and you can't perceive it and then you're just like i'm fucking nothing i don't yeah. i'm nothing in Looking this universe the great beyond yeah, but sometimes that can make you feel smaller and worse like you know i think that's what it did for me for years it's like oh my fucking god because like people think we're so special that we have to have something when we're dead and oh excuse me and uh and and then you're like, but I'm like fucking like not even a grain of sand in like this beach. And it's like, oh, maybe there's nothing. But when I said to him, it's like, you know, like, but also like we, we claim to know so much and we like rely so much on science and what it can measure. And I'm not discounting that because I think most things like I would rely on science for, for most things, you know, and I think when we don't, we're just dooming ourselves. Uh, but at the same time, like, you know, I said that to him, like, you know, just think we don't know shit. Like we were saying that we're claiming to know all these things. We're claiming that, you know, all these NDs and like all these, you know, uh, what DMT trips and all these things are just fake, and, you know, because we can't, uh, measure things outside of our body. Right. And I think like I said that to him and I realized, Oh, we're kind of on the same page here. So maybe like there's more people that want to have those conversations and, and figure out like, uh, and talk about these things and figure out like how to make yourselves feel better. So like, ultimately it's like, uh, it's like cheaper than therapy. Uh, I think that, that name's probably already taken for a podcast, like the cheaper than therapy podcast. Cheaper than therapy. But it's also not very like descriptive of what it's supposed to be or clever. So, but yeah, but I think feel like that's kind of what it is. It's just to say like, you know, when I hear, you know, stories about NDs or like uh, DMT trips and like what people see, uh, and I think it was a list I was reading from, which is like, you know, like people doing sensory deprivation tanks. Uh, holistic breathing uh people do ghost hunts like i was like ah, ghosts are stupid that's probably not true <laughs> i don't want to die and just fucking walk around an old house that sounds shitty that's boring as fuck but but you know when people do these things and then they have this certainty that i don't have like that when they die like i know that something's good because i saw a ghost i'm like you know it was kind of like like i should be less of a skeptic and maybe if i was open to these things that maybe i if i got to experience these things is like, that the general consensus though from ghosts? Like because ghosts exist, that proves that there's something more to them. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I just I I would assume. Well, I don't know. I feel like most people I've ever known that are like hunting ghosts are also religious. So, but I think that kind of like <laughs> contradicts itself. It's like, why aren't you in heaven with the big Jesus? Well, if they believe in purgatory. Yeah, that's here. Uh, hey, maybe we're all in purgatory. 
Oh man, this, yeah. Well, <laughs> so deep, man. I mean, no, I, 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 I don't know. I'm open to entertain all. That. I think I've, I've thought that before. Or as a great uh, crowbar says, existence is punishment. Uh, <laughs> and I have a hoodie that says that, so it must be true. But I mean, I, I think all those <laughs> things are are potential. But like, yeah, I don't know. But I always think like, you know, if I really believed that a dead person was fucking floating around the house, I'd be like, that. I guess there's something more to me than this. Because something is not physical, but it's there, you know. And then you got all these, the, the scientific people are like, well, the science of the soul is like you have electricity. Electricity doesn't stop, so it has to go somewhere. So if you die, electricity has to go somewhere. It can't just fizzle out. That's your soul. And there's all these True. different things that, and I, and, you know, and I think the funny thing with all this is that, like, I don't want this to make me read a bunch of fucking books. That's why I'd rather just talk to people. It's way more fun. I don't want to learn like myself. <laughs> but you know, if like you talk to other people about their experiences and that's the empirical data, like we're like, you know, like maybe not like first person, but like you get to understand what other people have done. And it, it, it's not me just, oh, I just don't see the, like, it's not as fun reading books. I have literally have a couple books down there that are just on the subject. Like uh, it was a visionary Graham Hancock where he just fucking does drugs and talks to his dad and shit. Not like that's who he is. Like he's, I don't know if you've seen the uh, uh, Red Fingerprints of the Gods or. Uh, yeah, I've seen, yeah. I've seen some of his stuff. Yeah. So he's does cool shit, but it's like, I started reading him like, yeah, you know, but maybe I need to do some of that shit. And that's what he's done to maybe like change his life. I don't know if he was like. Again, like what he was before, and this shit changed him. I think he's maybe he's always like believed in something, but like, but I said, I, I started, I did at least one float sensory deprivation thing, and like, I didn't see shit. Uh, my eyes were closed, and it was, I was anxious, but like, you know, I think it, like it's like the, you know, Joe Rogan popularizes all that shit with like, because he had a tank and the DMT thing, but like, all those stories, like, I, I kind of want to experience those things. I think DMT is kind of cheating, and also I'm terrified of it. Uh, but like, but like, but that's somebody like who does that, and like their life changes in a day, and you're just like, man, it does for some, yeah. I, or, or I mean, I know people that it hasn't too, but like, I think those would be interesting. But like, the things that I can try, and again, like, invite people. Like we were just talking about it uh, before we uh, started recording this three times because I wasn't satisfied with how it started. It's bullshit. <laughs> but 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 uh, you know, ghost hunting was was the example. But like, I would. Love to go spend the night at a, at a haunted place and be like, I hope I see some shit. I probably just laugh, but I don't want to like, I'm not making fun of it. I just don't know. Like I, w- I would like to do more things that would experience more things beyond me. And like that's out of my comfort zone, which all of this is, though I'm pretty good at ranting at you right now. Uh, but it, it's like, it's out of my comfort zone, but I would like to to go, like you said, it goes to the, that asylum that's, you can pay money to spend the night in, you yep. know, and make, but I want to get a group to go down and do that sometime. And we should, but, but if we document awesome. it and then like, you know, I, and I don't know, like I, like I said, in my mind, it was always very, uh, documentary style where it's like, uh, we're, uh, you know, just recording as we go. And then like, maybe go do that and kind of record part of it, whether it's video or not. I don't know if I'll get to that point, but like, and then talk, play clips and play, and talk about it. Like, so let's go, Let's go do that. And then like the next week, have a podcast and talk about like what we saw and play clips. And then, but also interview people that do it more frequently or go with, or like interview somebody that does it more frequently and then go with them. And and then, then you have like a whole different like perspective because it's like, I'm a professional ghost hunter. I don't get paid shit, but like, you know, but maybe they have a podcast. I don't fucking know. But you know, I, I feel like, okay. So if you're a professional ghost hunter, I feel like you're maybe a professional bullshit artist instead. <laughs> yeah. But there may be, you know, like I, I kind of, I'm, I'm on the fence with what I believe with that. Like, I know that there's some like energy that I felt with other people in the same room with me. Yeah. And we've like, I think that I may have seen something one time, but 
I can't I can't deny the experiences that I had with like five people in the same room where we yeah. heard footsteps and things the, the running around at the top of an old uh, actual hospital. Uh, yeah, well, I, I think kind of stuff. like the problem comes with monetization, right? Like if you start a podcast and that's all you do or something like that, as an example, like you're you have to have content. So uh, maybe you're more likely to believe it. Uh, but sometimes with larger groups, maybe not five people, like there's like hysteria that goes along with it too. I mean, I remember being in places when I was younger and people were saying it was haunted and believing it. And maybe it was, I don't know. Maybe it was like older, like historical places and, in, in, you know, around here and stuff. But yeah, but I think that'd be be fascinating. But yeah, if you'd certainly, if you're making money off of it, you have to see something all the time. It's not just like when you see something, it's I, I will because it pays my bills. Like, yeah, if you're taking people on a fishing trip, you better catch some damn fish, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, just so you gotta, someone's got to see a ghost. Someone's got to feel some sort of presence. Yeah. I mean, but you can do, that's an easy one. I mean, like sensory deprivation, you could do, you could record it, but that'd be fucking weird because you're nude and it's dark. There's really nothing exciting about that. But you know, but like still talking about that, like if there's ways. Wait, why do I have to be nude? I don't know. Have you ever done it? No. Oh, I don't know. I, I mean, there's nothing in there. It's just a big tank of salt water. Oh, okay. I, you, thought you you meant, I thought you meant in like a, in a ghost hunt. No, no, no. No, but a, a, a nude boat. ghost hunt does sound interesting. Though. Yeah, something tickled my balls. <laughs> but it'd be like, no, but it's like the, the float tank is just, yeah. Yeah, put a float tank in a, in a haunted place and then see if you can see oh, shit. Oh, shit. Okay. That would be, no, that's insane. That doesn't yeah. make any sense. But, you know. No, 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 that does. The crossover. That sounds like next level. Crossover episode. Like, right. Yeah, I can't imagine how that would cost to move one of those things to just to do something like that. But then the other thing I think was like a holistic breathing, which is when people do the, I watched the video, videos on it. But again, like these are like, those are like things that anybody can do. And again, if you had people who are listening that were like, if anybody listens and if they're interested in that shit, like those are things you can also do. And they go interview somebody that does it. And I would feel weird about doing it. But a lot of this is vulnerability is like recording, having somebody record you do it like, or just set up a camera. And then, cause I think people cry and they feel shit they haven't felt, but just breathing weird. I don't fucking, I watch videos, but I think all those things are like accessible to people. Now, like I said, when you're talking about DMT and shit, like can't recommend it. That's fucking way out there. Uh, also like, you know, NDEs, uh, let's not do flatliners. If you don't know what that is, you weren't, you didn't watch eighties or nineties, early nineties movies. I don't know. Like, can't. I, I don't know that I've actually seen the movie flatliners, but I know of it. Didn't they, they did a remake at some point. So it should be a hmm. next gen type shit as well. But yeah, they I mean they, they die and they go to see what's after and then they pull themselves back out. Uh, but that one is like mostly horror. It's not like anything good happens. I need to check that out. I definitely need to watch that see what they, what they do. It's like Kiefer Sutherland way back, way that back when. Sense. Yeah. But I mean, but if you, but again, like if you do all these things and they're all uh, accessible, but again, like inviting people to do them as well and then like share their experiences or if you already do them, like, you know, uh, part of it's like, you know, sharing after this, share the email, share all the stuff, you know, wherever you, wherever you click on this podcast, wherever podcasts are sold, like have all those links. And if you want to be a part of this and you want to share what you've done or you want to do these things along with it, then just message and, and let me know. And like, I want to create like a list and like be like, this is the shit we doing. Let's, let's do it together and like figure out what you guys, if you guys want to participate. So I don't know. I think it, I think it might be interesting. It might not, you know, I'm hoping that they're more, uh, people in that, that same page that may be interested in, in doing that quote-unquote journey. It all sounds so corny. And I, I think, like I said, it sounds worse coming from my mouth just because I've always just been such a negative shithead like most of my life to just all of a sudden be like, oh, I'm going to do something beneficial and like good for my mental health. And also I'm going to share feelings. Though I'm a good talker, I'm not really good at talking about myself. So, uh, Though I probably disproved that in the last uh, 15 minutes just 
fucking babbling at Joel while he's fucking annoyed as shit. <laughs> Shut up. I thought I was here to talk too. And you are. And we're going to talk. But yeah. I, but, you know, I, the first part was just kind of trying to trying to set that up and like where that came from. But it, it also sure. came from like, uh, you know, I was listening to Steve-O's podcast of all things. And he was interviewing uh, Kevin Smith. And he was talking to Kevin Smith about... Um, uh, Kinsman died, you know, or whatever, or almost died because of his heart problem and all that, right? And at the end, he started telling Kevin Smith all the things he believed in NDEs and all this stuff. And it was interesting to be the first person who, like, viewed Steve-O as an intellectual, which was me, uh, to be interested in, like, all the things that he, he said about uh, what he thought. And what he and he was talking about the podcast that he listened to and what he thinks what happens when you die. And it was kind of like... Un, unprompted but he just kind of started sharing those things with kevin smith and kevin smith was kind of interested uh uh and i thought that was kind of interesting too because i was like steve-o's of all people's take on like w- what that is like was very interesting to me and i was like if other people shared that it's also kind of like can be therapeutic to understand what other people are doing but he also talked about what he listened to and he turned me on to this uh nde podcast that was on um uh on um uh, uh Public radio, what's it called? NPR. Yes, and uh, and I listened to it, and 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 I listened to like these like get high DMT, uh, things too, which is kind of like that Joe Rogan piece where people talk about the things that they see, and they don't really dive into it. And then the ones that are just about DMT are kind of just about their trips, right? And like they don't really talk about like uh, like how they feel and things like that. And like I think that's the part that, that I thought was interesting was like, well, what did you you know where where were you before? what what did happen to you and like then where are you afterwards because like i said I, like uh like a buddy of mine like who did dmt like doesn't feel different like he had an experience and he had voices and things like that all common people do and it didn't change for him and I, but i think he wanted to hear other people that did and like why why they felt it was more meaningful and i think that's kind of the things that are missing from that and a lot of the ones that were nde were good because it's like you know but very similar stories and, and not it, but in the end like they were they didn't really get into details about like again like how that changed them. And honestly, a lot of them tended to be like Christian already. And then when they talked about what they saw, they were just like it was Jesus, and that was it. And it's <laughs> like, eh, well, sometimes that feels like weird because it's like you feel like that's where it's supposed to like transcend all worldly religions, or you know. And I guess we'll talk about, it, but like you know, or is that just what you see because it's familiar? You know, like what does that mean? Because if it's you don't like I feel like you just like sold out everybody else's shit by just being like, saw my shit, by the way, you're all fucked and you're going to hell. Like it's it just ain't happening, right? So Yeah, I think it does vary for, for some people for sure. I mean, do you feel like I guess that's that's the synopsis of what I was trying to do. So again, it's a it's a it's a collective. Ugh. So um yeah, I don't know. Do you is there any questions you have about that? Again, like you're speaking for the world, aka four people that may listen to this, uh, who may not understand like what I'm talking about. I mean, does that make sense to you? No, all that, all that that you just said makes sense. Yeah. <clears throat> and now it's recorded, and I have to put it out there and try not to feel like a dumbass for some of this shit. But that's fine. It'll be all right. <laughs> um, I mean, so uh, again, like Joel and I known each other forever, uh, uh, and and Joel himself has once died, and he came back. Or he, he's, yeah, let me check your pulse. Put your arm out. I'm just kidding. Don't do that. Uh, but no, uh, so, uh, and experienced an NDE himself. So it's kind of like fortunate that like, you know, uh, we already had this connection and he's already experienced something that was uh, otherworldly. But like in the, in the same breath, I guess, I, you know, and I'm pretty sure we've talked about some of this stuff before. But again, like probably, I don't know, was it 20 years ago? I don't fucking know. How long have we known each other? Probably longer than that. Probably like right about that, maybe actually. 
Yeah, it's been about 20 years, I think. At right least. around 2003 was when I started with Spicoli. And and that was like, that was ending right before An Apparatus. Yeah. So sometime around there, I was starting to go to bars. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So. 22, 23, something like that. Yeah. But, you know, you had, we will get into, but to start with, like, you know, before we get into like NDE territory. I think it's more like the, again, formatting is important. It's like, you know, where you started from and like what, what your upbringing was and like what made you, what shaped your, like, not just like, hey, you know, it's about like, you know, what, what happens next, but like what, mm-hmm. what <laughs> shaped your beliefs and what did you believe like growing up before that? And like, and then we'll talk about the, the NDE itself. Sure. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I grew up in the Mennonite church in as a very small town, uh, Shipshawana, Indiana. Uh, our whole upbringing with Mennonites was like community and being neighborly and helping each other and that sort of thing. And um, people always ask me, like, were you guys like Quakers or Amish? And now it's, it wasn't really so much like that. I mean, I'm not dressed like that. I mean, I clearly I dressed up for the podcast, but... Um, <laughs> Which nobody does. I mean, you are on your TikTok, so I guess that's fine. You're, you no, dress I'm up just, for TikTok. I, I'm just fucking. With I'm you, also but. wearing a button-up shirt, which never happens. So just be proud. But yeah, it's. Uh, I always tell people we just studied the Bible, and that was what it basically was. Was like um, just worshiping God based on the Bible. Um, seemed pretty normal to me. That was like the normal growing up uh, in a repressed, religious, religiously oppressed town and county, uh, essentially, where you were weird if you didn't believe in God. Uh, to most people, it kind of seemed like that. Um, so yeah, I, I did that whole thing and sort of, went, in my church, there was a whole lot of uh, focus on the cross-country team for some reason. And at one point in my life, uh, me and my sister both decided we wanted to leave that church and go somewhere else. So we went to a non-denominational church. Like at what age? Uh, that was like age 17. Um, I had just gotten baptized after going to a convention in Florida called Acquire the Fire. Uh, oh, I believe they, that's what that was. Was it one of those where they make you put your head down and you feel bad about yourself and they're like, come on up. If you yeah, that's exactly what happened. And I felt compelled and Mother the energy fucker. and like cried and all that and felt the Holy Spirit. Dude. And maybe I did, but like, you know, I feel like that whole thing is meant to like kind of set you up for feeling some feelings. Yeah. It's a sales pitch. It's, yeah, it's a heavy. It, I know that. And you're wondering like, why does this guy know it? I mean, cause I grew up. My mom was Catholic, but she knew better than to raise me like strict Catholic. So we were like fair weather. She said Catholic a la carte. She took what she needed. But like I did go to uh, lock-ins with people and they're like, oh, it's all sports. Lock-ins, and, yeah. And there's you did a lock-in. girls and stuff. And I was like, oh, I was into that. And they did that. And like, uh, yeah, they like did the lock-in thing. And like, they were like, come down if you feel like you need to be better. And I swear, like I knew I felt like, oh, I should go down there because they sold it so well. And I didn't. And I'm glad, but like, yeah, it, yeah, I totally understand like that sales pitch because they they were getting everybody. I wonder how they teach that, like, because the people that that do those things, I, I mean, it's kind of a form of, I don't want to say straight up mind control or anything like that, but like literally, yeah. there's like a form of being that presence that that brings that out of people, yeah, or something. It's like some sort of hypnotism or something. I don't. Yeah, yeah, kind of. I mean. But is it shame though? Because like I feel like that's, yeah, that's a big part of the church is like they just that that person knows how to shame you so bad that you'll go down and like 
you know, I don't think I would have known what it was if they did it, but like it was, it was still a lot. Yeah. I mean, there's definitely like, I mean, fear is a driving force for so many things, religion, politics, survival, work. Yeah. Uh, like they even podcast. had that quote in yeah, podcasts, yeah. like, yeah. please, yeah, please don't. I have to do this podcast because I'm afraid of other things. So I'm gonna talk to you about it. <laughs> fucking Joel's gonna save me from this. I don't need I don't need somebody in a fucking lock-in. I need Joel to sit in front of me and tell me everything's gonna be okay. Say it, Joel. Or everything's fucking, gonna be okay. Okay, I feel better now. Yeah. Fucking podcast canceled. End it. <laughs> <clears throat> but yeah, I mean, like in uh, just everyday life, uh, fear is the driving force for so much and. Like just the fear of death alone is enough for man to to make God in his own image, uh, create something that gives you a reason for death. Like something something has to be after this, right? Or otherwise, what is it? What's it all for? That kind of thing. So if you use like hell as a as a fear point, then you can make anybody feel guilty about sinning until they come and and try to repent for their sins or. Uh, talk about them or feel guilty about them or feel shame. Like you, you said, yeah, uh, I don't even know. If, I mean, that definitely was exactly what happened. Like I felt like I wanted to ask Jesus into my heart and be forgiven for my sins so that I would be saved. Like being saved. I mean, so interesting. I mean, I guess I, did your were your parents okay with you changing churches or like, cause like, I mean, generally like you're, you're, you know, religion is a, uh, inherited and it's uh geographical it's just like where you are and what you grew up in that's what you are it's like you know yeah. not a lot of strong christians in uh, middle eastern countries as much because that's where they were born it's like that's where what the thing is there but yeah were your, were your, were your parents like against you going to a different church they weren't my parents were really open um and understanding about lots of stuff because they both were psych majors and um my mom was a guidance counselor. My dad was a vocal rehabilitation counselor. And so like when we had depression or issues or anything like that, they were real understanding with stuff and they wanted us to have the freedom of our own choice. Um, want, they wanted us to come to church with them, but they also wanted us to be able to believe in what we wanted. And so we had that freedom. Uh, thankfully, thank you, mom and dad. Appreciate you. Um, if you're listening. And so, they, yeah, they we fucking better listen. They, and you fucking better you listen. Better listen to they let us go. Um, I had just gotten baptized at age 17 at the Mennonite church after coming back from this convention center. And then I realized that everybody at my church was kind of just, I don't know. It just felt like it was a competition to see who was more holier than thou or it was a celebration of this cross country sports team for some reason. And it was just like, what the, what the fuck is going on here? And, you know, I'm, I'm like trying to be a rebellious kid at the same time wearing like Nirvana shirts and stuff like that to church. Uh, and so we left, we went to this place in Goshen where they played music and that was the big sell point for this church was, uh, rock music and like a live band and all that kind of stuff. And, but it was not denominational, so there wasn't like any specifics. It was just reading the Bible and Bible study, essentially. Um, and then after that, um, I did that. We brought some of our friends. I was also a skater punk at the same time, listening to Fat Records bands and skateboarding all over Goshen and Elkhart and Shipshawana. And 
at at that point um like all i mean again mennonite in the amish territory too right right. and i do want to ask more about that when we get there but like but i guess like so you from an early age because you grew up going to church you've always been been kind of like man heaven and that's it and everything's good and never a lot of anxiety about that stuff because that's kind of like you you started there and you were always in a comfortable place it sounds like yeah pretty much i'm jealous of that but not jealous but not you know because like i I, i'm glad that i had struggles to figure shit out and still figure shit out but like but there is when you when you raise your kids and you don't really i mean my kids know about religion but they don't tell them what they have to be it's mm-hmm. like you can choose to do what you want but like it's but it's also like taking away a comfort where most of the kids are like yeah grandma's in heaven and i kind of you know like i don't discourage those types of things like you know we'll be with them someday but like i don't say those things like i don't say but right. they hear it from other people and they they but they also hear what you were saying they and gesturing wildly with pen uh, apple pencil <laughs> let's be specific but they, that they'll go to friends houses and they'll be like i want to go to church with them on sunday because they play music mm-hmm. and they they say the fun things that they do and i'm like but you don't realize the other boring shit that they do which is the rest of it i mean again <laughs> um i was, went to catholic church which is really bad on your knees. Like, it's stand up, sit down, kneel, stand up, sit down, kneel, right? Shake hands and yeah. say, peace be with you to people and ignore the rest of the shit. Oh, maybe there's a bat flying around. The bat flying around makes it interesting. At least I like that part. But yeah, so I mean, but, but again, like, so you ha- having, being raised with that, like, there's always a comfort and there's always, like, never worry. Because I think I've seen in my kids before that there's some anxiety about that. So I do talk to them about, like, kind of these things because they weren't raised with it. So it's like, you know, and I, I honestly, I've talked to him a little bit about kind of specifically this and this podcast for that reason too. So, but you always felt like that was a, that was a thing and there was never an anxiety or did you ever question it? Um, well, anxiety about that particularly or other anxieties in general? Like I mean, I life? guess both. I mean, um, I cause know. I, I was diagnosed with ADHD when I was nine and around that same time I was being, I was in therapy. I was suicidal. Uh, and Nintendo saved my life. That's kind of part of our connection to is video games and video games. Yeah. And yeah, so that I always was kind of an outcast kid that was a little out of control, um, hyperactive, and I didn't connect with a lot of people. So I was depressed at a pretty young age, and then that kind of continued until I started smoking cigarettes. There was always some good, and then always some like, what I would call rebellious behavior. So smoking at age like 14, not like regularly a pack a day, calm down everybody. But, uh, by 16, I was smoking a pack a day. Um, and that went on for a very long time. That was your anxiety medicine. That was my anxiety medicine. Yeah. Um, the other medicines I tried were like, they kind of made me a zombie. And at one point, um, I had, I was on Zoloft and had a bad reaction to it. And they thought maybe I was bipolar. Uh, so they did more tests and it turns out I wasn't bipolar, but I did have manic depression and smoking seemed to kind of make that hide. I like hit it with smoking, or at least something related with that. And I still feel that connection whenever I stop, like it's like it comes back. Like there's this darkness that is just always there. No, but yeah, I understand. I've been on, we did a, I did an escape room with my oldest in like, it was like a, an insane asylum. Mm-hmm. Shame. I'm like 
using the insane asylum along with mental health oh because it, it goes there and we we're talking about like we should go sleep in one that's full of ghosts uh but <laughs> like there was like part of it was like to get out you had to find the four medicines or what they were like through the clues through the the insane asylum and there was like 10 different medicines and number one was this and like you had to figure out what number three was this and you had to push the four in the right order and then they would come out and you win spoiler alert huh. um uh, if you go to that one uh all the medicines on there i've been on every one of them and i just laughed and like i didn't say it to my 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 kids or her friends but like i was like i literally been all those and some are antipsychotics and some are anti-seizure like they're all related antidepressants and i was like i've been on every single one of those and currently on nothing but yeah like yeah i i understand like the yeah the, the I mean, we all self-medicate to some degree. Like, it's just it's just what you do. Cigarettes is an yeah. interesting way to do it, so I'm curious, like, how that did it. But I'm no doctor, so I don't have to get into it. But. You know, I really I really couldn't tell you. I, all I know is that there's some sort of anxiety that goes away uh, as that is a comfort. I don't know. I don't know how that works. But. Yeah, well, I mean, if it's... I mean, for ADD and things like that, sometimes it's just a habit that occupies you. That could be part of it. Yeah, for sure. Anything to quiet, like, just sitting alone with your own thoughts yeah, I suppose. To, to occupy i know that like <laughs> i i i have smoked cigarettes but probably in the like the worst way uh also because i smoke more weed than i smoke cigarettes and i'd smoke a cigarette and they're like why are you holding that in for so long oh because i'm not used to this but i used to smoke cigarettes in college like before class because if i had to stand there and not do anything and wait for the class i was like i didn't know what to do with myself and i'd find ways to to occupy time i mean i'm Again, I probably I know I'm ADD, but like I've I've been diagnosed with all the things, and now I just don't care, and I'm just like whatever, whatever works. So you know, but if it's cigarettes, and that's what, but even if you did it now, and it kept you from taking a medicine, I don't know what's actually worse, like yeah. fuck your lungs up or fuck your mind up, or I don't know, like because those things do kind of like they can take away from you to a degree. But I'm so sensitive to medicine, I don't just I try can't take a lot of those things. Kill me. Yeah, I didn't feel like myself on on some of the medications that I had taken. Yeah, that definitely was a thing. Yeah, but um, yeah, after after being after going to this church or whatever, I eventually moved to Bloomington, Indiana. Um, after I graduated high school, and I was like for the very first time on my own, and so I didn't have rules to follow from my parents or anything like that. I lived with my friends and. Uh, in Bloomington, they were going to college. I wasn't. I came down there to do uh, an apprenticeship for um, uh, recording apprenticeship with the guy that recorded and was the assistant on the wall from Pink Floyd. And I met the guy, uh, saw that he was making mic preamps and, and his studio was awesome. And I decided, because I had just started learning how to do it myself and had recorded like one band I didn't want to learn with him because I wanted to continue on my path that I was like figuring out this stuff. I don't know why I decided to do that. I kicked myself yeah. every day after this happened because I, I would love to to make microphone preamps today and I could have gotten a wealth of knowledge on how to do that. But anyway, uh, I'm there. I, I, I arrive and I like party for like two weeks straight. I get drunk, uh, smoking weed. And I hadn't really prior to this done that. I uh, never went to parties in high school. I think I like went to one and tried uh, a beer or a Zima with a couple of friends one time, but didn't really ever get into anything. I was a decent. I was a decent kid. I I didn't really get into a lot of trouble. Uh, yeah, there's one thing you didn't cover that was going to bother everybody. That's ever, that all the four people that listen to this, including yeah. your parents. Uh, did you run cross country? 
No, I did okay. not run cross country. Did we ever figure out why cross country and Jesus were related? We really, I don't, I just don't know, man. I really, I really don't know. I, I could almost guarantee you to this day that they still just fucking love it. Like, it's just so awesome up there. I don't, I don't, I don't get it. Like Hoosiers with basketball and then the Mennonites and cross country teams. Yeah. I, and put that together. You know, it's funny. I was speaking that the Mennonite thing I said, I was going to ask you and I didn't was like, nobody ever fucking understood what a Mennonite was compared to like Amish, especially like, I mean, I grew up on the East side and like there we'd see like, uh, people that, I mean I don't think you were ever like they never dressed like but we saw like people that like were dressed super Amish and like driving cars and we're like oh they must be Mennonites that's what we thought we didn't know any different but then I think when I met you and you said that you were Mennonite or grew up Mennonite I was like well I guess I don't fucking know shit which is pretty much the point of this, <laughs> this, this doing this thing in, in general is like saying I don't know shit so just another thing I don't know shit about is like what a Mennonite is so is there anything different about that I guess like I, 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 I this is curious for me because I don't know yeah. what's different about that than me being the weakest ass Catholic that ever existed well I think it kind of depends on the area that you're in well you're in Amish um, territory right so right. like it seems like it would be the strictest motherfucking Mennonites of all time you'd think you'd think that well I mean so everyone there we we pretty much were just like regular people that had power and wore whatever clothes we wanted um, my grandmother and some of the older ladies at the church would wear bonnets and keep their hair up. Yeah. And some of them wore dresses that were pretty, uh, conservative, I would say conservative Mennonite, uh, formal wear. And then like the girls, like teen girls would wear like jean skirts and t-shirts and stuff like that. But it wasn't, they didn't need to, they didn't have to or anything like that. And then the early 90s were terrible. Long jeans. Ter- <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, you don't know be showing about. no ankle. I don't want don't, to Don't be showing any ankle. No, get me going. Stop. But the early 90s fashion was terrible anyway, so it was kind of easy to blend in with <laughs> some yeah. of that. I mean, I think long um, jeans shirts were in at some point, so. They might have been. Yeah. You know, I really, I'm not really keen on the, the fashion senses of, of that era, honestly. Because uh, I, I had a bowl cut. I was dressing terrible. MacGyver was my idol when I was a kid. And yeah, I'm like pretty that sure haircut. I've seen some oh of those God. pictures. But it wasn't like yes. any stricter than anything else then? Or no? It did feel like it was... Well, it didn't to me because that was my norm. You know? Yeah. So like being able to judge it from an outside perspective, I think people would be like, what in the fuck is going on here? Yeah. But like in my family or at my house it wasn't much different than what you would see like on like full house or something like that. So it kind of seemed normal, but um, like the Quakers and the Amish definitely were no power, like wearing conservative, like suspenders and the same, like they would make their own clothes and everybody had to wear like a certain color and that kind of thing. Like that was very strict to those religions. So Mennonites to me just seemed like normal yeah normal people but maybe more inclusive i don't know like we i you know i know a lot of the, the amish because i watched that breaking amish show mm-hmm. where all these people go on their rumspringer and that's yeah. why i know what it is because television see i do a little bit of research um yeah so that's all i really know from it like i went I to some so parties much. that they were having during rumspringer and uh interesting man some of the wildest parties i've ever been to in my entire life were those yeah well uh so I, when I was in Bloomington, I started recording bands and I started recording my first band, um, the Unraveling Complex or Weapon X, uh, that was like a substantial thing um, for me. Uh, I was in a couple of bands in high school and that wasn't going to 
well, I don't know. I can't say that. But oh, so I was in a band called Malingen, and I was in a band called uh, the Renegade Pyro Ninjas, and I was in a band called the name. Yellow Llama Clan, uh, which was really interesting. We had a lot of, uh, and still have some some fans. I don't. This is ridiculous, but um, yeah, it was not good. That was not a good band, but definitely fun. Lots of fun, but it taught me a bunch of stuff. And so I'm recording this new band. Um, and I go home, um, to hang out with my friends and we basically, we had this place where we used to play in a band called the Renegade Pirate Ninjas there. And we, it was at my friend's house and they had this like, um, not cabin, but it was like a separate house, a uh, very small little, like a guest house. Yeah. Like a, uh, it's a small guest house. Mother-in-law in suite. Um, and that's where we had practiced as a band at that point in time. Uh, so when I came back, we were hanging out and we, we started, we started smoking weed and partying together, uh, around that time before I left and went to Bloomington. And, uh, when I came back, like I was pretty skilled at partying. So like we, we had a lot of fun. We had a little party. We drank a bunch of booze. Um, and then one of these nights I came back over and we decided, um, to all roll up some joints this is and still in Bloomington. This is this is back home. Okay, after you learned uh, to party. Yeah, learned to party. Adventure. Learned to record. And you're just visiting back home. And I'm just visiting back home. Okay. Uh, and how old were you? I was 19 years old. Ah, so not really a as veteran as you think. Right. Absolutely not. But that, sure what, thought, what year did you start partying? So you baptized at 17, moved yeah. to Bloomington 18. Uh, I was. This is a quick turnaround. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I was 18 because. When I came back, it was the summer, uh, so it would have been after that. Uh, maybe it was ni- It was nineteen. I moved down when I was nineteen. So was the baptism what turned you bad? No. Yeah. <laughs> was it? Was it that uh, you? Uh, because you went, you left the Mennonite church, and you went crazy. Well, I was just on my own, and I had okay. been so repressed. Well, my yeah, whole life that's that, kind, yeah, of, kind yeah. of getting at like you know like that's why there's a rumspringer is there is it like a baby rumspringer for the mennonites but again like, you don't make it sound as strict but i feel like it's stricter than you're saying because like it sounds strict i don't know because i'm not very smart i don't know well just because i hadn't done much then it was like when i was on my own and i didn't have any restrictions it was like okay let's go let's fucking go yeah dude and so then i was learning how to uh be a, a new a new adult if, if it makes you feel better, I know that when I went to college, I'd already only drank once and smoked weed once, and that was it. And then I went to college, and it was kind of like, yeah, same thing, like, yeah. Let's party. Yeah. Right? I don't have a good story about it, though. I don't have any stories, because I don't remember it, so you're going to have to tell your story. <laughs> well, uh, so I come home, and we decided to roll up all these joints, and I wanted to show them my new album that I had started recording, and I was like real proud of. So we all piled into a car. And uh, we we also were taking these these uh, these pills called coracidin. They were cold pills that came in a white box with a purple label on it. And they used to make we're going to censor that for for the one child that listens to the other three people, so they don't know how to get fucked up per Joel's. Well, you can't anymore. Here, oh. Here's the thing. So they <laughs> it used to be that you could, but they coated the pills with things that made you throw up. So you can't take too much of it or you will throw up. They don't, they don't make the same kind anymore. That's how I party, Joel. Well, I don't. we took, I, I took a whole, we would take more than an entire box. I had taken more than an entire box of them, both tabs, all the pills. 
that was part of it. And what that did was it, it uh, dextromethorphan was the main ingredient that would make you trip. And it was like a Legend of Zelda, I would call it, trip because you would go between light world and dark world on a time release. And so it would be like an upper thing where you're like, oh, everything's kind of happy. And then, oh, oh my God, what is going on? Like, chose to do this to yourself? I mean, when yeah. you say Legend of Zelda Link to the Past is probably my favorite game of all time. Yeah, so dude. If that's the case, rules. I wish I would have met you sooner. No, I'm glad I didn't meet you sooner, but I'd be in. Well, I, I'm I'm glad I stopped. I mean, I didn't do it. Is it like Robotrippin? Like yeah. the people who drink Robotussin? Yeah, Robotussin is, is a similar thing, but this is like the next level of that. Essentially, it's stronger uh, in this pill form. You took and a it box? had the highest dosage, yeah. Uh, yeah, so I overdosed because of that. Um, so basically, we're in the car. We're listening to this music. Everyone's hotboxing with their own individual joints, and there's like at least five of us. Um and so we're passing them around and I start to feel lightheaded and my heart is racing. And so I, I'm on these drugs and, uh, like anxiety I'm, or too, too fucked up to notice that you're, it's maybe a problem. Well, it, it was kind of both. Uh, there was anxiety because of, it felt like there was maybe a problem. I didn't want to like be like the guy who is like breaking or anything like that. Yes. And so we had somebody in in the car who was um, trying to get their medical degree. And I was like, hey, it doesn't feel, uh, tell me if this is bad. And they checked my pulse and I'll never forget. He's like, everyone's kind of laughing and talking and just kind of stopped. And he was like, dude, that's not good. And I was like, oh shit. And so like I got out of the car and, and they kind of stayed in and um, I walked over to the porch of this, this play, the guest house that we were practicing at. And I sat down on the porch and I put my head in my hands and I just remember hearing all the sound around me just pitch shift down like, and then nothing. I couldn't see anything. It was just darkness. Nothing was there, period. And did you think that was just the drugs or did you know what was happening at the time? No, I kind of felt like I was like dying. It felt, uh, I thought that like, like I felt like sweaty. I was like starting to profusely sweat and everything felt like really bad. I thought I was like maybe having a heart attack or something. Cause it was like your heart rate was just insane. Yeah, it was insane. Um, and so then everything went black and then I remember seeing things start to kind of illuminate in these weird like blue purple and reddish colors and sort of honeycomb hexagon looking shapes all around me but it looked like there were it was almost like an endless room of that um of it all over like it was like me like above and in the center of like this gigantic it looked like the universe essentially like a nebula but like of these hexagon looking shapes like when the, like when the guardians of the galaxy go into hyperspace maybe yeah i guess <laughs> yes yeah, so maybe a little bit like that or i also envision the uh x-men when they're in the what's it called the, the dome thing that the in. cerebro yeah yeah there you go you had your own like honeycomb cerebro yeah that that's actually a pretty good description of, of what that felt professor like professor x you know you could oh be. my god you got too good a hair for that though look at that hair <laughs> can't be professor x get out of here well you can't see that on this podcast so um, you can see that shit on TikTok. Look for the link below. Joel's fancy hair on TikTok <laughs> dot TikTok because I don't have it. Well, and it also looked like there were like tunnels that I assumed were wormholes. Uh, 
just remember thinking that like those look like wormholes and like thinking that while that was happening yeah and there were stars also uh lights and stars and i could see that they were slightly just moving a little bit and so it was kind of like being in this galaxy or like something i don't know at that point i i i realized like because this was all lucid too this wasn't like i was dreaming or something this was like i was there was it the i mean here a lot it's more real than real right i mean if it's not you know kind of say like if it's out of your body it's not your senses it's like it's you know your eyes it's not any of those things you have to sense things outside of all your senses like mm-hmm. a new way i mean was it was it similar to that look i did do some research because i read a <laughs> bunch of shit but i didn't do it specifically for this but did it feel like that uh yeah it, it was like it it was i i thought that i was dying like i thought that i had died and and so i i was there looking at all this and i saw lights coming towards me and there were three lights that started getting closer and illuminated and um when they got close enough it was like I I had never practiced any Buddhist principles or anything like that or have even done yoga at this point in time in my life. And it looked like they were like Buddha shaped, like sitting beings of light that I couldn't really see their shape and form very well, but it was like it looked like they were sitting in the form of like the lights Buddha. were all people or the lights formed a Buddha three of them. Uh it was three different beings okay. of light essentially oh beings yeah not beams <laughs> not not have, beams but beings. i have a cold i don't yeah. hear that well no so. it's all good uh and they were they were communicating with me telepathically not like saying things out loud and it i could just i just felt that they were telling me that god was love and that nobody really understood that and that literally it, it was the the interconnectedness of everything around us and through us, all all the beings in the world, like being connected as as one, and through love, which people like just didn't understand, and and then then the one spoke to me and said, "Wake up," and that's when I woke up, and all of the sound just, and then I was back, and my vision came back. And it was like that reverse pitch shift type thing. What was happening to you, like physically, while that was, you were just laying there? Good question. Yeah. I don't know. They never um, told you. No, my well, I was on the ground. They were still in the car, and probably couldn't see through their clouds. To be honest with you. Oh, so they just <laughs> left you on the porch. <laughs> um, Even yeah. medical friend is like, I'm gonna be a doctor. I'm gonna let you take a box of pills, and then I'm gonna leave you dead on a doorstep. Well, I mean, that's why I'm not gonna name any names. But yeah, so um, I I woke up to seeing my friends standing around me crying and uh like was just like what the fuck and uh i had not been breathing for five minutes and it oh, felt like shit. i was was there any like attempt or did they know or were they just too high they were that? they were honestly just too scared to do anything because kids, they were judging. they were doing drugs and didn't want to get yeah. arrested by the cops or anything like that so it was like i i I I make excuses kind of, but I understood why, um, because that's scary uh, to have someone like die <laughs> on drugs that you're you're also on. Yeah, uh, well, but you wanting... worked at Wishard. You know that like when that shit happens, they just drive you and throw you out of the throw you out of the car at the emergency room. 
<laughs> it doesn't matter. That's how it works. You got shot. Like they don't stop. They just throw you out. Just and they like do. roll you so, out. Some of these hospitals are just used to that shit. Sometimes like, you roll directly into a body bag. Yeah, I don't know where they do that in fucking Goshen. Take them to this Amish hospital. I'm just kidding. That's not a thing. We also worked at a hospital where we saw a lot of Amish folks. We did. So, we yes. definitely worked at a hospital yeah. together. I think my first experience was was at Wishard when they took us to the uh, walking past the morgue and seeing a dead body in a bag. Yeah. Uh, that was that I was had a phobia of hospitals before we worked there. That was a, it was a mistake. But I mean, I so I mean, so when you came back and you're alive, so they just watched you dead, or did they even know? I mean, were they smart enough, or were they too they, fucked up to know you were dead? They knew I wasn't breathing. Uh, they had checked to see that. That's, that's and, usually step one. Yeah. Um, so I I was out, and uh, they they had decided that they they were trying to figure out what they were going to do, uh, and then I came back. So, like, where to bury you? No, <laughs> no. I mean, I, I don't. I don't even remember what they had told me because yeah. when I when I did come back, it was just like a rejoicing thing started happening, and I was like, I'm gonna start going back to church. I I believe in God again. Like, I had I had gone away from the church as a whole at this point and before this happened, um, and so like just just saying that felt weird and uh and I'll, and I'll be honest like once the drug started to kind of wear off and about an hour or an hour and a half after that I started saying like maybe maybe I'm not like going to start going back to church again like yeah, I don't know how that shit went the first time but you know what I, I, we talked about it earlier but it's interesting because like I said like when I listen to those other indie podcasts which may be inferior at some point just kidding like, I'm sure they're great but but you know like I said everybody saw what they were familiar with then you said you saw like a buddha instead or something right. similar to that which is that's interesting because like i said like when they say like i saw jesus and i was like what do he look like white and blue eyed because like this all seems super skeptical now that that's you but again like maybe you see what you what you know and which makes you comfortable but uh it's always more it feels more enlightening and more worldly when you when you see something that's just everything or just different and then it's like a, a new perspective yeah uh, but when you when you when you're in the i guess like to get into details like that if you remember like the when you're in your <laughs> cerebro like when you saw these honeycombs what, what did you see pictures in those like when you said they look like you know like portals or some stuff like what was what was in them not not pictures inside of them i mean literally it was like a lot of color um colors and yeah, it looked like I don't know how to describe. It was like being in a hive, uh, cerebro uh, uh, in space itself, and sort of like an endless galaxy inside of a nebula. Sort of like all those things. If you could picture it all together, that's pretty much what it felt like I was in. And it kind of—I I don't know. To me, it felt like it was like a. And maybe this was part of the telepathy stuff that they were just like feeding me information, but it felt like it was like a station. Uh, like I wasn't going to be there forever. So maybe that was purgatory or at least that's kind of what I think now. Yeah. But when I was there, it didn't feel like that's what it was for sure. But um, yeah, that, not like a place where they're going to leave you. Like it's just right. the transition. It like, felt like it was supposed to be a transition. You can't station. see what's what's beyond because then you're permanent. Like yeah, you know. But I, you know, again, like no expert. I've listened to a lot of them, but like it's it seems to be like a familiar theme, like that people see. And again, but those are the things that like 
like add weight to it and make it seem more legit when like people see those same things and especially if like they've not researched it you know what i mean like then yeah. like it's something that you you know nobody's nobody gives a shit about that when they're that young and just partying well, they care about when you're 44 and you're a mess that's what they care about i'll definitely touch on that as well because i did recently in the last few years uh do research on it and then yeah and especially just recently had found the most research that i have done on it uh because i decided to do something for tiktok and uh gestures to TikTok. talk about my experience on tiktok um but yeah, man, um, when the, the weirder, the weirder part about it was the first time I realized that maybe there was a connection was years later in 2012. Um, let me see when, so that was 2000. Uh, so then 12 years later, uh, I met a friend who did DMT and he told me basically the same experience. He did DMT, saw beings of light they told him the same message that God was love and that nobody understood that message, except they charged him with uh, the purpose of taking that message and spreading it. It was his purpose in life to do this. And he was an atheist before he had this experience. And afterwards he was no longer an atheist. Uh, He was a changed man at that point in time and did spread that. Yeah, but, but he didn't find like I guess like you know probably uh, just a spiritual person or like you know mm-hmm. I don't think I may find like, it'd be interesting if somebody found like a specific religion like yep yeah I'm <laughs> Jewish now no I don't think you can honestly from from what I experienced and what he was saying um, and what other people have said like I I honestly can't can't say that you would find a religion you would probably find the truth that your religion was uh, debunked. Yeah, I mean, but that, but again, that, that's that, that's the people that like that. Like, it would be interesting to have. I mean, you've already had this conversation with me. That's a spoiler, but like, I think future state to have those conversations with those people together to like make it. You know, I think that's what people want to hear mm-hmm. is that those those experiences are similar and whatnot. You know, because you one of those you can choose, one of those you probably shouldn't. Uh, but yeah, I, I think those are, those are, those are big moments, but yeah, they all sound very familiar, but that's kind of like why I, I always tie those things together in my mind. Cause I'm like, I, I, I think hearing all those things from all those people, uh, makes sense. I mean, I guess like, how do you, how do you feel now? Like when, when you, when you, <laughs> I was like, when you think about death and stuff, uh, do you lose your breath or do you keep your cool? I was, I was thinking of Black Sabbath. I can't uh, after forever. I can't get it on my head when I said that because it actually... almost sounds like a rappy part. Like Ozzy rapped a long time ago, and it's just kind of <laughs> dumb. Yeah, but I don't know. Like because I, I think that's like the interesting thing is like you know, like kind of you're saying like, and that's the things to ask somebody that did DMT. Yeah. Like, tell me more about like why you're an atheist and like how were you shitty like me, and then then who are you now? So I think that's that's interesting for you. Like, like so, what do you think now when you? I mean. I guess like when we talked about before, it's like, did you ever fear death or, or anything like when you're uh, straight up, straight out of Mennonite or did, mm-hmm. you know, and, and versus now, like, what's the difference? Like, do you have more confidence or the same confidence or just like a more like, you know, because you have you have that data, you've actually experienced the thing, which again, mm-hmm. like, that's my thing is like, I'm not. Uh, but like, so I'm living vicariously through you. Like, so, you know, what's what's the difference? That is an interesting question. Yeah. Um. I definitely feared death before before that experience as a Mennonite, like feared, uh, you know, eternal damnation and all that kind of stuff. Uh, 
before like at the early ages of 19 i i stopped believing in god um because of my experiences with the church itself and just the way that people acted um i i had always kind of felt like there was something off about it and that um people didn't really know what they're talking about and then like just watching comedian like a comedian named mark lowry he had an intro where he would like call everybody up at the very beginning of it it's like where are all my baptists at where are all my like uh you know non-denominationals who are all my methodists you know catholics and then he'd just wait until they all were like yeah and they'd be like somebody's wrong yeah. and i just i i really i took on to that because if if everybody thinks they're right then they're all wrong and there, you know, to me, there was no door to heaven, but I didn't also feel like that there wasn't anything else either. So I wasn't, I was kind of agnostic if we're being real. Um, and now I'm more of a theist, I guess is what I was told is what I am. Um, labels. I, yeah. Labels rule. Um, I do not believe in any religions at all. I, I think that they all are, I mean, I kind of took it to heart, you know, God, to me, I feel like there is a creator of this universe. It's way too complex to be just a big bang that happened out of chance or nothing. I mean, something made it bang. Um, and just like the way my ears work and everything, we have a whole other podcast about that shit. But just the the complexities of things and um, math being the language of the universe itself uh, infallibly. Uh, and us not being able to create new math inside of this software engine type universe that we're constrained to uh, call it the universe, call it God's creation, call it whatever. We cannot make new math inside of it. So we have to follow those rules. There's, there's rules in the system that we follow. So it was created by something to me. That's how I feel about it. Um, and the, the interconnectedness of everything um, that, that to me is like a blanket of hope in I, I love that. Like it feels kind of like the Jedi's force, like everything just surrounding every, everyone and, and connecting us all together and binding us essentially that love that the, they were speaking about. I do not fear death at all now. Um, and part of it is because I, I have lived a pretty full life with, with a lot of things and done a bunch of stuff. And I, don't have any regrets and like I could die tomorrow and I wouldn't, I wouldn't be like sad that I, I didn't do something. Uh, there's plenty more that I want to do of course, but like I, I don't, I don't fear death. Um, and seeing, seeing that sort of like, I, I know that there's something else. I don't know what exactly. I don't think anybody does. And anybody that tells you that they do is full of shit because nobody, nobody can know. Um, you kind of said like you know you went to a a, a, a midway point so mm-hmm. what's beyond that is still like yeah. still the mystery but at least there was like you got to the door and you see that there's a door and then i don't know i guess like do you ponder what's beyond that door or does it matter uh i i don't really think about it a, a ton um i think in the in the aspects of this this universe and all matter being recycled and on no energy can be created or destroyed. Um, it's science. Yeah. The science part of that. We're scientists here. We fucking know this. That kind of tells me that maybe samsara is real. I, I, I did sort of adapt into some of the Buddhist principles 
because they don't really have a God. They just talk about God. Uh, and so that, that isn't really as so much of religion to me as it is just a, a principle. And so knowing, um, knowing those things, I, uh, I'm trying to think, but it, but isn't that like the tie-in though? It's like, it's weird to, ha- to, that's my, my Indian accent there. Oh, tis and furs. Like, like, <laughs> what, 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 uh, but like that, that, uh, when now you look at those things from religion, like again, like, but I was more like, it's all dumb. But now you kind of look at that and like wonder where that stuff came from and like why some of that rings true to you now, right? Like mm-hmm. like everything's love and like karma or whatever, like whatever those things may be, or you know, whatever that is that, that comes from that. And then you question like how did those guys come up with it? Because I'm pretty sure that, you know, like they didn't get tablets on a fucking mountain or some shit that told them what to do. Like a lot of that's like man-made, but like something had to happen to people to bring some of this truth that makes sense to people now. Right. Like that's mm-hmm. outside the magic, you know, like that, uh, you know, uh, I don't know, like you're saying like, you know, if, if everything's love and like, or, you know, a lot of people that, that have these NDs are like, they, they feel like they, they go back into the, the everything. Like you're an individual and you go back into love and love is everything. And we're all the universe experiencing itself. But like all these religions, like well, a lot of them have like these same ideas and you just wonder like how they got them. And a lot of people, it's kind of like with that book I was talking about, like it's, they think that like these people were doing these drugs and like the DMTs and the ayahuascas and things and seeing the same things that people are seeing today, mm-hmm. but they took those things and like turned them into religion. Like I saw a dog face person. Ah, that's what we're going to do in Egypt. We're going to do dog face people. Cause that <laughs> dog face person I saw when I was tripping balls is my Lord. And it made, and you know, maybe it's just like an entity or something they see, but it's, it's interesting to like tie what you saw. And then you start seeing other things in it. Like not necessarily because it's Buddha, but because it's like, uh, I don't know. It's just, maybe there's, there's a universal truth that, that comes from that and ties back to something old. But we've already like bastardized it and sold it so much that like nothing about it seems real anymore anyway. Right. Well, yeah, and then and then when looking into the other experiences on on near death experiences versus DMT experiences after talking to my friend, that's when I first took a look at uh, in 2012 and saw that there were similarities to both things, and that was what I was like, oh wow, this is very interesting, and that took me down the path to the pineal gland. And that being the source of where your um, the DMT secretes from inside the pineal gland in our heads, and every living thing on the planet um, secretes it when they are born and when they die. That's that is actual science. Um, and so, if I was dying, that makes sense that that was happening. And so, was it a DMT trip, or was it because I went to some afterlife place and then came back? That was the big question for me. Um, yeah, and I think there's some things that say, like, you know, that refute that. I don't know. I don't know. We're both scientists. Like I said, we have our scientific opinions as scientists. I don't know. I I read the same thing. But I, ultimately, like, uh, I don't know. That that still has to be, like, people say that that's, like, part of, like, evolution. Like, we've evolved into having these NDEs to make us feel better. But how do you evolve, like, after you're dead? Like, your body can't learn how to die and then evolve into dying again, right? Like it right. can't be something that over generations we've evol- evolved into NDEs. That doesn't make any sense. Maybe it does. I don't know. Again, two scientists just talking here. We don't know. I don't yeah. Know. Who who knows for sure. But I mean, if, if samsara is real, then it would be just like living more lives. Like we reincarnate back in through birth again into a new living being 
over and over and over again until somehow we can descend from that. But who who knows if that's that's real either. But I think that kind of makes sense the most to me anyway. Um, I mean, so for some people, I don't know. I don't know how I feel on that. I mean, I've, I've thought about that. I, I'm not saying opinion whether I believe that or not. I'm more like that. I think some people have anxiety about having like, fuck, I got to do all this again. But maybe it's different. After that. <laughs> but I think some people are just like, eh, maybe this wasn't so great. Maybe I don't want to. But And, and maybe it's a software engine that, you know, where some, I mean, we're definitely somebody's ant farm, whether it's like a creator yeah, or like the that. aliens or AI or whatever we've ascended in our own consciousness and made smaller version of ourselves in a in a tesseract yeah uh, <laughs> I, I, I watched that video recently yeah i mean then you know now uh i think everybody should know but like it's more official about like aliens and stuff and like i you know i wonder how that's a game changer i mean i know it's a game changer from religions of saying like of all the universe that we're the only people here and we're special like nah mm-hmm. them guys flying around like watching us and i wonder like you know it's another thing that gives people like you know what to learn and what they know and like it's just i think there's like you know hopefully within our lifetime like another whole thing of like a like, mass amount of learning to, to come if that ever, ever comes through if they don't do what the movies tell us and murder us all and steal our resources i i honestly don't yeah i mean we don't have to get into that but i that's a whole other one but no if, I, if, they, if they were going to do that they would have already done it in my opinion like I I I feel like the if we do have visitors from another planet, they're protecting us as much as they can. Like, how are we still alive after all these meteors and asteroids that would hit us have not? Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It, it's all it's all up in the air to debate on with that stuff. But the I don't know. Just the. The the strangest part is 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 watching some of the stuff like TikTok has been really cool for me to connect with people who have experienced these near death experiences, and there was one person in particular that was talking about how they were in the hospital and woke up after they tried to kill themselves. Um, or wait, no, I'm sorry, they didn't try to kill themselves. They had overdosed on a on a different drug, and like a whole box. Uh, no, <laughs> something different. Um. But they were atheists. They were not raised in the Mennonite church. And so it was a little bit of a different experience for them. They talked about being in a field of yellow flowers. And turns out that story happens a lot also uh, with purple flowers or yellow flowers. Or it's like mine uh, with beings of light. And so like those, those things just repeat over and over and over again in every fucking story. And this person said that they came out to interview them, opened a book with thousands of pages, flipped to the last page and got a pen and was like, okay, tell me your story. And then when they were done, she closed it and said, so I just got to tell you, your experience is exactly like all of these in this book. It's like, holy shit. So like that just tells me there's something to that. Um, it feels It feels more founding that there there definitely is something else and that this is not this earth is not what we think it is yeah i yeah this goes back to like what i was saying like we don't assuming that we know all these things just makes things more depressing i mean i have a couple friends that are physicians but i think you know because they're strictly science i think that's kind of like ah, lights out and you're dark and like because that yeah but i 
you know, and that's like the things that I explore. I spend a lot of time on Reddit, which is kind of like, you know, what, like part of also drove this is like, you know, being in like some of these Reddit groups and seeing like these, the dialogue that they have and like their experience is what makes us cool. But yeah, I think like, you know, and again, like I, there's a, there's a call because like, I, I want to talk to more people that are comfortable with talking. And I think maybe recording one and understanding that we're just like, uh, you know, just, it's not, it's lighthearted. It's not meant to be super serious. Uh, though it may have some X, X files type music to it at some point. Uh, but, 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 but it would be like, but to try and get people that want to talk about it and just kind of have like these lighthearted conversations, just understand like, you know, opinions and, and trying to figure that stuff out and like what those common things are, but without getting too deep and too scientific on it. I mean, it's hard not to be deep, but you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Yeah, man. I can definitely try to channel some of the people that are on TikTok that I have talked to into coming on the podcast to talk about their experiences too, if you want. Yeah. Um, and then even beyond uh, near death experiences, if you want to talk to people who are doing like ayahuasca shaman trips, I know somebody that leads those yeah. to Costa Rica uh, who is in town. I'm not going to name names yeah, right now, anonymous. obviously, but, um, yeah. So there, there's some of that. Like, I also will say that I would like to do one of those. I plan on doing that. Yeah. Um, as soon as possible, honestly, I want to see if I can take myself back to the place that I went. Yeah. I mean, but that, yeah. And I would like, I think this is uh, the place to talk about it. If you're, if you're allowed to, I don't know. Sure. Yeah. Oh, I'll yeah. talk about anything. I'm not, I'm not scared of, uh, being reprimanded for, my conversations yeah 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 <laughs> and like i said if, if you want to if you're more than welcome to come back and do these i think we could have a good time like harassing peeps whenever you get a chance yeah like i i definitely appreciate you you coming to do this for especially the first one which i think there was lots of anxiety and i think like once it became conversational here we are having here we are having a conversation that we'd probably normally have but you know like that's the thing for me it's that like it, it being older and like not I, you know your friend groups change over time people grow out of things and like i had kids before a lot of people and like i think that like for a long time like again like the therapy piece and like even even the friendship piece you should feel bad you haven't talked to me that much no you should but like you know what i mean like i think that I, I this this like fills a lot of that because like between work and parenting and everything else it's like you know you have these thoughts and you don't take them to a place and i don't want to pay a therapist for it because i honestly like I think th these are healthier and more fun and like, and, it, and if they're beneficial to other people, like it feels better to me to do that. And again, it's just like, we have a reason to hang out and, and, you know, have, have a couple drinks and a, and no, and, and just to, to talk about things. And I think, I think it's, it's more fun that way. So yeah, like it's not just, uh, it's therapy. I do agree. So, yeah. so I appreciate Absolutely. you doing it. No problem, man. You, you gotta want to plug your TikToks and stuff for the, well, um, there's probably five people listening by now. There is um, yeah, there's like 25 people watching right now. Awesome. Holy shit, guys! Well, I'm glad they wow. can't see me because uh, I'm ugly. <laughs> thanks, thanks for watching. That's pretty cool. I mean, that's more than <laughs> no. like this is even, this is just recorded. It's not even out there yet. So yeah, do you want like put that up there or anything? I mean, I can put your links below too. Like, because Joel, I, I guess you should say is that the, what you've been doing on TikTok is important to say because I think you should be promoting that as well. Well, yeah, I mean, I guess you could say. Um, I mean, uh, I wouldn't say that it's like super important. I'll, all I'm I'm really doing on there is like telling my stories uh, in a very open way. Like, I will I will literally interview myself and be multiple personalities. Uh, in these interviews and go back and forth talking to myself about stuff and exposing my bullshit, exposing truths that I grew up with. 
Um, I try to spread awareness about things that I think are important to other people probably are like, fuck you, dude. And that's what the internet's for. <laughs> yeah, that's what the internet's for. So like you come on my page and you don't like what I'm talking about, well, you can just fuck off. So and that's kind of how I deal with trolls. Um, you know, basically if anybody comes on there, um, I just you know, like if, if there's gonna be a, a comment that just starts some shit, I just say you're right. And and let them let them roll with it. You know, like think whatever you want. You know, I don't I don't really care. But uh, if you're gonna get crazy or say hateful things, I'm gonna like delete your comments and block you. I mean, there's uh, just so many people just fucking dancing on there. So you have to feel good that you're just not. I mean, you, maybe you should once in a while. You should be like, <laughs> here I'm voguing and people can't see it. But then, religion is bullshit. Strike a pose, and then you could like at least like then you you fucking blow up. You're doing all the things. Oh man. Now I do I do daily mindfulness reading uh, with a DBT deck and go through its dialectical dialectical um, therapy flashcards and uh, it's it's really really fun to read those. It seems that there's a lot of engagement surrounding that and just positivity, uh, trying to spread awareness about stuff that surrounds that uh, and while doing the macarena. While doing the Macarena, so you could you could tie that in. Yeah, I, that's really dated. All the things that I've said, like nobody's, no, I don't know any new dances. <laughs> I don't either. I've I've never really been much of a dancer itself. Uh, just seeing Betty White dab, I think, is like the most impressive thing I've seen in the last five years. Uh, I can get down with that. Yeah, rest rest in peace. I think she's dead. Yeah, <laughs> she is. I mean, she was yes. ancient. So yeah. No, cool. Yeah. So like, yeah, we'll share that link. And like I said, like uh, people want to participate, come in, but also uh, go see Joel shit though. He's not dancing like we'd like him to. So yeah, I think, I think uh, thanks for, for hanging out with me. Hopefully we can uh, do it again soon. I'd, I'd like to get these to be weekly, uh, but yeah, right now it's just like putting one out and getting uh, you, you folks uh, to listen and to kind of uh, sign up and then uh, maybe get you know a few more people on maybe do a, a little group chat and like have, have a little bit more make it a little bit more fun it'd be good Absolutely. not like we didn't have fun but yeah uh yeah so thanks so uh all the all the links and fun stuff will be before i i think it might have said like my my oldest did uh uh the youtube stuff before i was like hit that bell and hit those reminders and click subscribe i don't even know what this shit looks like because guess what i haven't posted one of these yet so i don't know what any of the fucking buttons look like so when you find the fucking buttons push the buttons if you like it if you don't like the buttons don't fucking push them i don't know. smash that subscribe button there you go but yeah thanks and like uh we're gonna we're gonna call this a wrap and uh get this shit going and then you work on my uh soundtrack and we'll go from there i will man thanks for having me i really appreciate the uh the the time just talking to you about all this stuff it's really yeah. awesome i like that you waved but then i realized you're still on the old tiktok so like you're wa- just wave to them i you just talk i just talk with my hands oh okay yeah <laughs> me too all right <laughs> all right thank you uh, uh yeah matt what does he say mash that subscribe button blah blah smash blah. that subscribe button fuck that shit up air horn <laughs> oh i gotta gotta edit that out that was so bad <laughs> all right thank you all right bye